Desmond Doss was a Seventh-day Adventist whose decision to live his life in obedience to the commandment, Thou shalt not kill, meant that, ironically, he must be prepared to sacrifice the life of another. Doss was an American combat medic who served during the Second World War. He's famous because, as a pacifist, he was the first conscientious objector to be awarded the Medal of Honour for service above and beyond the call of duty during the Battle of Okinawa. The film Hacksaw Ridge tells Doss's story. During his basic training, Doss made it clear that due to his religious beliefs and his obedience to God's commands, he refused to handle a rifle and he refused to train on Saturdays. Having completed his training and married the love of his life, Doss was sent to prison on charges of insubordination because he still refused to carry a gun. At that point in his life, it seems that Doss had sacrificed his vocation to medical service, to serving his country and his marriage in obedience to a commandment from God. The weight of his commitment to following God over and above everything else became even more intense after Doss was released from prison and deployed with his division to the Pacific Theatre. His unit was tasked with one of the most dangerous missions of the Japanese Second World War experience, ascending and securing the Maeda escarpment, known as Hacksaw Ridge. This was basically a death wish for any soldier who succeeded in getting to the top of the ridge, because as he came up over the top, he was confronted by a line of Japanese guns ready to pummel him to pieces. For Doss to be willing to ascend the escarpment without a gun was to risk death for himself and his fellow comrades. Thus, Doss found himself forced to ask whether he would sacrifice the life of his comrades in order to stay faithful to the commandment not to kill. Could he give up everything, his own life as well as that of his friends, to remain obedient to God? In one of the most dramatic scenes I've seen in any wartime film, the Americans are driven off the escarpment by a massive attack launched by the Japanese and several of Doss's squadmates are left injured on the battlefield. Then, throughout the night, Doss goes up and carries wounded soldier after wounded soldier to the cliff's edge, belaying them down by rope, each time praying to save one more life. Following Doss's efforts that night and the events of the following day, the 77th Infantry Division managed to turn the tide of the battle, and the battle was won. In the end, having apparently been prepared to sacrifice the lives of his friends for the sake of his beliefs in God, Doss saved 75 soldiers at Hacksaw Ridge. You might say that the Lord provided. One of the paradoxes of the stories of the Hebrew Bible is that whilst they're exciting narratives full of drama and intrigue, the narrators give us very little description, physical or emotional, of the characters. We don't really know their personalities. It's very hard to empathise. What is Abraham actually like as a person? What's his mood as he sets out with Isaac? If we don't have that kind of information at our fingertips, We can't know their motivations or judge their actions. After watching Hacksaw Ridge, Sam and I spent ages discussing the motivations and decisions of the various characters 
and whether we thought they'd made the right choices because we'd been brought right into their minds during the film. And we might be tempted to try to do the same with today's story of the sacrifice of Isaac. What is going on? What's going through Abraham's mind when he packs up his belongings and heads to the mountains with Isaac? What's going through Isaac's mind? What's going through God's mind? Where's the good news? Today it was supposed to be Annie's ordination. What kind of a religion was she about to promise to serve as an ordained clergy person? Surely not one that asks her to defend child sacrifice. The whole point... It's not too late, by the way, Annie. The whole point of our scriptures is that they are living today. They're not some historical artefact which we mine for clues as to how people lived 3,000 years ago and what motivated them. They're the source of our faith. In the Bible, God speaks to us through the stories of God's people. And so the Bible helps us better understand our own stories and ourselves in relation to God who made us and has plans for us. The Bible is God speaking and human beings responding. And the response that we hear repeated most often in our story from Genesis this evening is, here I am. Three times Abraham responds, here I am. The phrase punctuates the three sections of the story with the climax coming just after the second, here I am, when it is to his son Isaac that Abraham replies, here I am. Immediately after that, Isaac asks where the lamb for the sacrifice is, and Abraham replies, God will provide. And really, that's it. That's the aha moment. That's the moment when we go, so that's why we've got this story in the Bible. If we had to choose one phrase to sum up the message of the Bible, God will provide would be pretty perfect. God did provide for Abraham. God provided the ram. Just as last week in the story of Hagar, God provided to save Ishmael. And then God provided Jesus. God asked Abraham to do what he himself would do. He gave up his only son. This is a story of God's provision, of God's showing up for us, because God always provides. This is the story of the gospel. Abraham carries the wood for the sacrifice to Mount Moriah, just as Jesus will carry the wood of the cross to Temple Mount, often presumed to have been the same place as Mount Moriah. And just as he provided the ram to save Isaac's life, God provided his only son, Jesus, the lamb, that saved not just one life, but all lives. Rather than forming a judgment about Abraham's willingness to sacrifice his son or trying to get inside his mind to learn what motivated him, Abraham and Isaac's story invites us to consider whether we could give up the most precious thing we have for God. We don't know what's going through Abraham's mind, but we know his response. Here I am. Moreover, Abraham says that without knowing how things are going to turn out. And that's instructive for us. Often in scripture, God asks things of people without their knowing the full picture. When Isaiah hears God saying, whom shall I send and who will go for us? He replies, here I am, send me. He doesn't know what's lying ahead, 
but he's willing to go. When Annie makes her promises at her ordination in September, that's essentially what she will be doing. She'll be stepping forward, promising to be ready to give up everything for God. And she will say, here I am to God, trusting that God will provide. So Abraham's story is suddenly so very appropriate for the ordination services that should have happened today. Because God does provide. Jesus. Every time. In our Sunday spotlights, we've been sharing moments during lockdown when God has provided. This has been such an extraordinary time, unsettling in so many ways. But at many points, when life seemed very dark, where it did seem as if God were testing us. If we were able to muster the faith to say, Lord, here I am, God provided. There may be big sacrifices we're called to make, precious, precious things we're called to give up for God. Are we able to do that? Do we have the faith that Desmond Doss had to obey God's command? It's a question I find very challenging. But we must recognise that it's posed to us in different ways throughout scripture. Can we respond, Lord, here I am? And my friends, let's not forget that having shown he was willing to give up everything for God, Abraham, like Desmond Doss, got it back. Amen.